If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. I want to start this week's episode by saying thank you for making my podcast part of your routine. There are thousands of podcasts out there that you could listen to. So the fact that you choose one that has me as your coach and mentor is an honor for me. So as an invitation today, I wanted to uh, extend the possibility for you to jump on a call with somebody on my team at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. Because if you like my philosophies and you're ready to join a group of people who are growing and taking action toward financial freedom and fulfillment, then it means that you don't have to do it alone. And it's such a drag doing it alone. It's so much harder doing it alone. It's like swimming upstream. So will you take the next step? Can I entice you to say yes and figure it out later by jumping on a call and finding out what's missing and what is a better strategy and tactic? So go ahead rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's help you fast track towards success. Hey, welcome to another session of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. I am your host, Rock Thomas, your whole life millionaire mentor, where I help you have resources and strategies and meet really cool people that can move the needle forward for you to live your best life ever. My next guest is a kindred spirit from the Tony Robbins world. Stu Massengill is a national trainer for Tony and the host of Finding Direction podcast. Stu started his journey as a shy kid. I don't know if you can relate, but certainly I can, and has been forever transformed after discovering the power of personal development. This helped him build an eight-figure business, which gave him the skills for his next big journey, beating cancer. Three days before his 24th birthday, while traveling in New Zealand, he discovered that he had testicular cancer. After several treatments, he is now able to say he is living cancer-free. Epic story about to come your way. Stu truly believes that your mindset is the key to helping you not only thrive in life, but to live a life of passion and fulfillment and abundant health. So let's get to my fascinating conversation with Stu Massengill. Welcome to the show, Stu. Awesome. Thank you for having me, brother. I'm excited for it. You know, anytime I get to talk to a fellow kind of Tony Robbins graduate fan, uh, you're one of his salesmen that helps fill his arenas and now his virtual worlds. Yeah. It's always fun because we really have a common language, right? Absolutely. Love it. So we were talking before my journey started in 2001 and I was, I was in a funny place. I was financially doing well, but emotionally not so much. And I was um, partying too much and got into the wrong types of people and started going from recreational drugs to some hardcore drugs. And I knew I wasn't on a good path. So I looked Tony up, went to date with Destiny, fell in love with him immediately. Yeah joined Platinum Partners, and as I told you, did 19 events in 19 months, and then yeah. became a trainer for him, and now 74 months and counting. Tell us a little bit about your Tony Robbins story. Yeah, for me, I was introduced to Tony probably eight years ago, okay. um, and I was in the network marketing space and basically just had a friend that, you know, I'd learned about Tony from YouTube and all these different things, 
And I'd been to, you know, see Bob Proctor live, Darren Hardy, Robert Kiyosaki, like all the people. But then you see the Tony event that they have on clips on YouTube. And it was like, it was like, what is this? What does this guy do for three and a half days, 50 hours? It was like, un, like, how can you sit there for that long? And so I kind of just got pulled in by my curiosity and went to that event eight years ago. Um, massively, massively just changed the quality of my life. And then a philosophy that I learned from, you know, one of Tony's teachers, Jim Rohn, as he said, we don't do personal development because we're weak, but we do it to remain strong. And so hmm. kind of throughout my life, Tony always had this really big theme of any time I was going through something in my life, I would, I would immerse myself in Tony's world. Um, and it would just guide me in the right direction. Like I had some cancer stuff. I went to one of Tony's events. I got clarity around that. I was trying to figure out my life. I went to one of Tony's events, Date with Destiny, actually. Um, learned about this thing called the primary question. You ask yourself a question every single day. It determines your life. And again, that changed my life. And so, you know, I think after being impacted by him so many times, that's kind of where it came to the point where I was like, all right, well, let me, let me work alongside him and, and help introduce people to his work. Okay. So you raced by that, you know, oh, by the way, I had testicular <laughs> cancer and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so let's yeah. uh, back up the truck a little bit and unpack that a little bit. So yeah. Where were you? How did you hear about it? And what was your first reaction? Yeah, so um, I was I was going on this trip, seven, seven, eight month trip. I was I ended up in Bali for three weeks by accident. That's a whole nother story. Um, and then my goal was to go live in New Zealand for seven months, right? I loved action sports. It's the action sports capital of the world. I've wanted to go there since I can remember my consciousness being a thing. And I got to New Zealand. And probably two days in, which was also two days before my birthday, um, I was about to go to bed. And basically, for all the guys out there, just check your equipment regularly um, on a serious, on a real serious note. And I just basically noticed to just be open and, and vulnerable that the size of the testicle um, was just oddly large, right? And so you're like, this isn't you good. You weren't normal used to that? No. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not a normal size. We'll just put it right. that way. And... I, you know, did a couple of Google searches, realized this, you know, there was obviously the cancer word that popped up in the Google searches. Um, and I'm a really positive thinker. So I had a skydiving appointment the next morning. I was like, I'm in New Zealand. I'm going skydiving. Then I'll go to the hospital. Jesus. So wake up. Yeah. Do the skydive. Um, go to the hospital. And it was probably about two full days of them just doing tests, all these different things. And eventually kind of just like the movie scene. Um, you know, woman, she brings me in a room. She's like, all right, sit down. And she gives me the talk, right? She's like, this may be cancer. You need to get the next flight home. Um, and long story short, that just kind of spiraled me into probably like a year process of recovery. Um, mm -hmm. The type of cancer I had wouldn't react to chemotherapy. And so it was all surgical. Um, so I had a couple surgeries. One was like my stomach. They basically cut you open from your chest to your pelvic wow. bone, open you up. And then they took out lymph nodes, 22 lymph nodes, five of them were cancerous. Holy um, and that, that was, um, not, not a common thing with testicular cancer. It doesn't usually spread through right. stomach all the time. Maybe it's like a, you know, 5% chance that it does that. This was back in the States. You had this operation. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I had that for by insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thankfully that was huge, but yeah, so I had the first, uh, first surgery. Then I was, trying to go travel again two days before I was going to get on a plane. They go, Stu, the, the cancer spread to your stomach. We got to 
do this whole surgery. And I'm a massively positive thinker. So for me, and we were talking about this a little bit off camera, and this is, you know, I've had a couple conversations with people that are going through the cancer journey is that it's like, one of the biggest things for me was as soon as we walked out of the doctor's office, I went with my parents, right? And they, you know, said, you have cancer. You could feel the weight in my parents of like, holy crap, my, my son has cancer, right? It was, it's like a heavy thing. And I just looked at them and I was just like, don't treat me differently. Don't treat me like I have something that's going to kill me. Don't uh, treat me like anything's wrong. Because if you do, that plants a seed that in my head that maybe this could actually turn into something really, really bad. And I'm not even going to let that seed be planted. And then, you know, I ended up getting home later that I day. I want to stop you there for a second, Stu, just for yeah. the listeners, because I believe what you said there is so valuable. And I just want to add some color to it. Totally. Let's say that you go to an event and you come back home and you say, I'm going to now write a book or invest in real estate and your environment starts to doubt it. Stu, yeah. you can't write a book. You're dyslexic. You're right. They, they have this perception of you or invest in real estate. Are you kidding? There's a pandemic going on. It's the stupidest thing you could do. Even if you're a strong individual, you have to manage the feedback of your environment. So what you did was you asked your environment to be supportive so that you didn't have to take energy from your thoughts and start to manage their inability to see the future you wanted to create for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's totally, totally, totally on point. Absolutely. And I think that this is a thing that people don't get is that environment, eventually you will become your environment. And therefore, one of the most important things that you can do is to be intentional about the environment you're in. Yeah, I think it's it's everything, right? Whether it's like you said, whether it's something as extreme as cancer or whether it's literally just like the dreams that you have for your life, like you have to be so massively important of who's around you, where's your energy going, how's your energy be taken from other people? Um, it's everything. I worked with a couple of guys like with Butch Harmon who worked with Tiger Woods. And I've worked with other people that work with Olympic athletes. And of course, with, I've worked out with Tony Robbins in his gym in Fiji. Yeah. Um, I've gone to Italy with Tony, gone to the Sistine Chapel. And I watched Tony not get into the Sistine Chapel because he had shorts on. And go, <laughs> to, go to the gift shop next door because Tony won't be stopped, right? Yeah. So he goes to the gift shop next door to buy some pants. But we're in Italy and Italians are, you know, they're five foot eight and Tony's six foot seven. <laughs> so... The pants won't fit. So oh he he buys two pairs. And I have a picture of this. I should I should have it available when I tell the story. And he puts on a pair of track pants on one leg and shoves the other leg into the pocket of that shorts. <laughs> and then he takes another track pair, puts it on the other leg and shoves it God. into the pocket of that shorts and then walks into the Sistine Chapel that way because Tony will not be stopped. That is amazing. So I, I say to people, it's like, you know, you, you want to surround yourself by people that are going to be supportive. And what I notice from coaches, is they will tell me, Butch Harmon, he says, I have one job. Yes, I'm strategic. Yes, I'm tactical, hold the grip it this way, whatever. He goes, but the number one job I have as a coach, number one, bar none, and I've, this is across the board working with Olympic athletes and different people, is to install in the player the belief that they're the best mm. repeatedly no matter what they do i find a way to go that was a great swing ne next time maybe try to move your hand this way oh you moved your feet really well oh you stepped in good oh your rhythm is awesome 
feeding, 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 feeding yeah. endlessly the belief that they are awesome. And so think about what you created for yourself. As you said, don't pollute my environment. Don't pollute my fish tank. Yeah. Keep my fish tank clean. And so good on you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And just, just again, for anyone out there that's dealing with anything cancer, I would just say immediately go to anyone around you, right. And just tell them, Hey, treat me like I'm okay. Don't treat me like I'm going to die. Like don't let them plant those seeds in your brain. Um, and that will just massively, massively help your recovery process. That's so cool. Now, so you've had all these operations. How long ago was that? Uh, it was about three years ago now. You're how old? 27. 27. What is your belief system around where cancer comes from? <laughs> My belief system is who knows? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I really don't know. You know, I think there's a lot of randomness to it. And I think it's just quoted as randomness because we just don't know yet. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know where it comes from. So, so if we look at what Tony believes, Tony believes it comes from acid in the body hmm. and acid is created by lack of exercise, stress, pollution, poor diet, etc. My father died of colon cancer and he didn't exercise. He ate poorly and he was a very serious stressed man. Huh. So I kind of in, in, did some homework there and that's one of the reasons I'm 58 years old and I exercise two to four hours a day and have Love most that. of my life. And I, yeah. I will include golf as exercise and some people say it is an exercise, but you walk six miles and you, you know, you swing 240 times practice, yeah. whatever. But um, I have made it, I've been intentional about being physically active because I want to learn from my father's mistake. Yeah. I also am a vegan and I picked up a lot of that that from Tony and from other people. And so I don't put a lot of products into my body that require huge amounts of digestion. And, and so my body gets a bit of a break there. And although I don't always do it, I do my best to be a little bit light and lively um, with my attitude when it comes to things. And, you know, touch wood, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. So do you believe any of that, that it could come from that? How was your diet? How was your exercise? How was your attitude? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Cause when you said that, you know, I kind of went into my brain, I was like, well, I was exercising. I wouldn't say I was stressed. Um, I eat pretty healthy. The, the, the main thing that kind of sticks out in my brain, um, that it might've been is I used to, I still do a lot of like meal prepping. It's just how I eat and all that it just makes my life easier. But I was putting them in plastic Tupperware and then I would put the plastic Tupperware in the microwave and yes. then microwave that. Yeah. And I think that really did not help. No. Um, it was interesting. I actually, a couple months before I got the testicular cancer, got an alkaline water machine, right? Cause I'd been familiar with Tony mm-hmm. stuff, right? You want to keep the body alkaline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it for my dad. Just, he was getting a little older. I said, let's get this just so your body, you know, doesn't stay acidic. You don't have cancer grow. Um, and then fast forward, you know, a couple months later, I got the cancer. Um, so I, I think microwaving it in plastic Tupperware didn't help. So like, again, you know, anyone's listening to this that does that, it's just like, you don't, you need to stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. My mom, my mom jokes around. She goes, Oh, I fed you too many corn dogs as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I would say that didn't help either, you know? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and the interesting thing is that the, um, what people can most people I talk to, yeah. I ask them, how's your diet? I get this, I get the answer. It's pretty good. And what I've learned is pretty good is really relative, right? And <laughs> big time. I was like that too. I was like, well, I don't eat a lot of junk food was my justification for not a bad diet, right? Yeah. So I could eat, I could eat a salad with a piece of chicken on it. And to me, that was, that was good today. To me, that isn't good. My standards have changed. My knowledge has changed. Um, and what they put into chickens and blah, blah, blah. We could go on, yeah. off on a tangent on that, um, would lend you to believe that, you know, Tony, I think would agree is, is definitely not the, the best way to go. So, I really believe we need to raise our, raise our consciousness around nutrition. I grow food in my garden. Uh, I juice that. every day. I really believe, you know, your body is a freaking Ferrari. Yeah. And you need to put the best fuel in it. And shame on us if we don't understand the operation manual of our Ferraris. Right? Yeah. I think for some people too, that like if you struggle not eating well, if you just really, really challenge yourself and say, I'm just going to eat really well for a week. Right. And whatever it is, you go online, you type in like seven day healthy meal plan or whatever. And if you right. do it for a week and once you realize how diff, how much, how incredibly differently your body operates when you put the right things into it, it's like, you're not going to want to go back to the other way because now you realize when you eat that cheeseburger, whatever it is that you feel like crap. Right. So I, yeah. I think for me, that was the most profound thing is like, you put good food versus bad food, like it is such a direct correlation to how how well you feel, how much energy you have, how well you operate, the thoughts you have about yourself, the beliefs you build about yourself, like everything, right? If you're not putting the right food in your body, it sparks from there. Brain fog, the whole thing. And we've been so hypnotized by society that, you know, you need like back in the day, you're too young to know this, but back in the day, they used to have these ads for you know, the milk mustache. You gotta get your, drink your milk. Today, dairy, you go to Starbucks, ask for a coffee, they're gonna say, what kind of milk? Yeah. They offer you coconut milk, almond milk, oat milk, right? Uh, why? Because they know that that cow's milk is not meant for humans. So they're yes. starting to shift, right? Anyway, we kind of went off on a tangent. Yeah. So now you've recovered from, from that. You've done it elegantly. You've done it with a great attitude. Where did your fundamentally you know, optimistic attitude come from, do you think? Uh, my mom's a life coach. So <laughs> yeah, I think that was a massively um, big part. I like, I'm a, I'm a believer, you know, the work I do with Tony as well is it's like so many of the thoughts and the beliefs that we have about who we are, they're formed at a young age. Yes. And as I grew up, I think my parents were really good at just kind of planting a seed here, planting a seed there, you know, having a sign around the house that says, um, you know, if you're, if you're not kind, don't say anything. Right. Just little things like that, that I was always picking up kind of unconsciously. And then when I was about 19 years old, I was really heavily introduced to personal development, right? With Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, like all those people. And as I started to consciously pick up these things, I think with the combination of the conscious understanding and the unconscious understanding and my mom being a life coach, it was just sort of a matter of like, taking it all in and, and really just becoming it. Um, and I just, yeah, I just have a big belief that if you have time you're spending unhappy or, or in a negative state or a state of suffering as Tony would call it, um, 
that's a state, that's a moment of happiness you're never going to get back. Yeah. So if I ever start to go into one of these bad things, I'm like, man, this is like, this is me losing a second of happiness that I could have in my life. And for me, it's just so important to, to be in that positive state and not allow yourself to lose those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> over the years of doing this, I've come to realize that we are our programming, whatever Big that time. means. And, you know, there's no way that, like, if you grew up in India, you'd probably eat more rice than you eat, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you're exposed yeah. to it. So there's no way one day you're going to wake up and start speaking Chinese because you haven't been exposed to it. So whatever you've been exposed to, you're going to regurgitate, you're going to live out, you're going to take on. It's like, have you ever noticed people come up with these new sayings? Like, remember when people would come up and they go, oh, that's sick, man. Yeah. Right? And you're like, sick? What do you mean it's sick? It's not sick. I'm not sick. You're like, no, it <laughs> yeah. means it's cool. You're like, what do you mean it's cool? No, sick? Oh, okay. And then you're like, hey, man, that's sick. And you take it on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're saying it all the time until now I've heard the new word is dirty. Dirty is cool. So somebody goes up to you and go, hey, man, that's a dirty shirt. And you're like, no, it's not. It's clean. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then so, you know, or you're walking by, you go, look at that dirty girl. Whoa. <laughs> you go, How do you know she's dirty? <laughs> so it's like. Anything that you take on this a positive belief or statement, the genesis came from somewhere. So yeah. how important is it the work you do when you're talking to people and encouraging them to come into Tony's world? How is important it is that you're exposing them to this programming that Tony has really mastered, right? Yeah. This ability to change state, ask better questions and things like that, that direct your focus. So you kind of have this mission now is to do your part in leading people to what I call a clean fish tank. Yeah, big time. Let them bathe in that fish tank, wipe the dirt off of themselves, and then they've got to go back into their world, but they're better equipped to do so. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think for you know a lot of people that I do the work with, it's, it's just wild in a sense. That there's a lot of people that aren't understand, aren't under the understanding that there's a program that's running who they are or you know all these things like a lot of the time there isn't as much awareness around oh my god you know this is why i do what i do um you know big thing that we see with a lot of people we work with is you know so many times people know what to do but they don't do what they know right and it's not a lack of knowledge it's that there's these underlying beliefs that are actually stopping them from taking the actions that they want to to create the life whether that's um, unworthiness beliefs, whether that's a fear belief of failure, whatever it be. But if we can uncover those, that's when you can, you know, learn to move those to get rid of those and then clean that fish tank. And like a big practice that I've put into my life for anybody that wants to start cleaning their fish tank that we could say mm -hmm. um, is in the morning, I do the priming meditation with Tony Robbins. And if you look it up on YouTube, you can find more details. But one of the things that I do is each morning, I imagine literally from my thoughts, any negative thoughts being pulled out, like physically being pulled out of like, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, whatever those dirty fish tank statements would be. And then I literally imagine other positive thoughts physically flowing into my brain and refilling me up. I like um, that. 
Right yeah, now. and it's been so powerful because as you're in this sort of, like I do with my eyes closed, I'm meditating, um, but you can, you you just get to the point where you're like, oh my God, the, the negative ones are just gone now. And now I can just use this time to just fill the ones up. You go, you know, I'm a champion. I'm incredible. I can lead millions of people. I can impact so many lives. And you just fill it with these positive ones. And as you do it enough, you know, you'll learn that you are literally from a neuroscience level, you're, you're, re, you're rewiring your brain. Yeah, I love it. I've never heard that graphic before, but I'm imagining <clears throat> it's almost like if you have a whole bunch of files in your computer and then um, you, you pull a file out, you empty out these files, like you're saying, from your computer to create more space on the hard drive. And then you download in these new ones. Yeah. And then when you turn on your computer, it's got these beautiful files right there. I really, really like that. Thanks for sharing that, Stu. That's, um, that's very visual and very, it's doable also for people. Yeah, I mean, it really takes, if you really don't have time, right? Tony says, if you don't have 10 times, you don't have a life, right? Then you need 20. But truthfully, honestly, if you're like, Stu, I don't have 10, I tell you this only takes two minutes, right? So there you yeah, go. Hopefully yeah. you have two. If you don't have two, you need to. If you don't have two, then do a poo and you'll have two. <laughs> For real, you just sit on the toilet <laughs> and do the visualization. It's all coming out anyway. <laughs> oh, for real. <laughs> That's oh great. Man. That's great. So now with um, this time of this pandemic, um, what do you rely on to shift gears and remain optimistic? Because it's gone from, whoa, what is this? Oh, it's going to blow over. It can't be that bad. To many people now with this new normal, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of people that are concerned and are affected either by illness or loss of revenue. We are in our own version of the depression as far as I'm concerned. So how is it for you interacting with people? Because you're going into businesses and you're talking to people. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, big time. So two things that I would say that I share with people to practice is one is just, you know, I have this saying and someone told it to me, but it's like, if you watch so much news that the news starts watching you, you're watching too much news, right? So point blank, it's like, again, you got to be aware of what are you, what are you filtering into your brain? What are you putting into that fish tank? Right. And sometimes if you watch too much news, you are massively polluting your fish tank. Yes. Be aware of what's going on. No, don't, don't be overindulgent into it. And then the second thing that I share with a lot of people is no matter what type of a company I'm working with or what business we're looking at, a lot of the times we'll go back to the fundamental principle of, and if you're listening to this, you want to ask yourself, like, are there people in your industry that are thriving today? Chances are, yes, there's someone that has figured it out. That's found a way that's gone. If there's not a way, I'm going to freaking make a way. Right? We look at Tony Robbins. He does live events. Right now we did a virtual one with 23,000 people, 130 countries. Again, someone found a way, right? And are there also people in this same economy struggling financially and scraping by? Absolutely. So we look at it and we go, there's two people on each side of the spectrum, someone that's crushing it and someone that's struggling. So then is it possible that maybe there's no such thing as a bad market? There's no such thing as a bad economy but there's only such thing as a bad mindset. Like people need to be so aware right now of how massively important being on top of your mindset is, right? Tony always goes back to 80% of your business 
success comes from your mindset. 20% is the actual mechanics. And I think what's happening with the world right now is yes, there's, there's Corona, there's social injustice, racism. There's so much going on in the world, but the truth of the reality is that it comes back to your mindset. There's people that have found a way. And if you can see that, right, then, then you can know you can find a way and you can get into further tactics of, you know, go model someone that's, that's found a way in the pandemic, find out what they're doing. And if you model them, you can get the same result. Right. Um, but I think that's just the big thing is, is, you know, not watching too much news and then just massively, massively being aware of where's your mindset. Okay. As we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question because you were in an environment, a whole a fish tank with a, with a, you know, a life coach, you have a predisposition to be somewhat um, optimistic. <laughs> yeah. What about the person who didn't grow up with a, a mom that was a life coach who has, you know, the programming, they can, they can pull the files out and all that. But what is your thoughts around like, what do some people believe that they're not optimistic? Yeah. You being an optimistic person, tell us some of the things that you believe that allow you to maintain your optimism in spite of what's going on in the world. Yeah. So I think there's like this one story I'll butcher it a little bit, but it's like, you know, this kid walks by this, this porch, there's this old man, he sit on the porch and his dog's on the porch and his dog's got this nail in his paw and the kid walks by and he goes, Oh, like your dog has this nail in the paw. Why, why doesn't he do anything? And the gold man's just like, you know, I don't know. He walks by, he goes by the next day, you know, it's, it's still in his paw. He's like, this nail is still in your dog's paw. Why is he not doing anything about it? And the old man says to the young kid, well, I guess it doesn't hurt enough. And I think sometimes for people, maybe that pain doesn't hurt enough to do something, yeah. right? We say we won't change what we'll tolerate. Yeah. So really what, you know, I would say, and I think has massively helped me. And I think for people that, you know, weren't, I, I think I was massively fortunate to grow up in the environment that I grew up in. And, I, right. and I'm aware of that. And I'm so grateful for that. But for someone that wasn't, I think such a huge thing that you can do is just immersion right is whatever you're doing you have years potentially decades of programming that has created who you are today and you got to understand that it may not be the easiest thing to switch that programming right if it was easy everybody would do it so what i would say is you know however you can do that whether it's with tony whether it's with another coach whether it's with something you need to massively 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 immerse yourself and you need to on a neuroscience level, you need to literally rewire your brain because if you grew up around someone that said, you're not good enough, you're stupid, you can't do this or, and it's your mom, like the person you may get your deepest source of love and connection from, um, you're going to tend for some people to, to believe that because it's your freaking mom, right? It's your dad that said that to you. And so I think that's a big thing for people is you got to find a way to immerse, right? For Tony Robbins, obviously we have massive, uh, tons of way to immerse. It's impacted your life. It's impacted my life. Um, but the thing I, I think you really need to ask yourself is how much longer are you willing to put up with that in your life? What does it cost you in your life to, to believe in these programs that are in your brain? Um, and just, you know, when is enough enough to, to change that and, and do something about it? And if it hurts enough, um, then you're going to make the change. And, and just if you're listening to this, you know, I just want to be someone that tells you that don't wait till it hurts enough to make that change. Like 
make a decision today that, you know, I deserve more in my life. I have a higher standard for myself. I, I'm put on this earth. I'm breathing. Someone gave me freaking life to wake up this morning. Like, you know what I mean? Don't wait till it's too painful. Like do something now about it. Um, literally in the next 120 seconds, like immediate massive action. Awesome. The words of Stu Messingill. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast where the words that follow I am follow you. So describe yourself in an empowering way. Pull out those files of programming that doesn't serve you. Install yeah. some new ones. I'm a champion. I am worthy. I can do and serve great masses of people or whatever shows up for you or serves yeah. you. So thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, Stu. Yeah, thank you, Rock. It's been a pleasure, man. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.